So in the factors um, that are listed, uh, um, brought to mind, um, uh, they're of extreme significance, uh, called the five indriya. We see there are actually many more indriyas than just these five. These five are the the dynamics, indriyas that begin to uh, exercise an authority over sense consciousness and its its doings, including, of course, the thinking mind and its doings. Uh, And these are sadda, virya, sati, samadhi, panya, it's a nice easy list to remember. Um, Faith or confidence, self-confidence, confidence confidence oneself, trust in the Buddha, confidence in one's kalyanamita, one's friendships, uh, confidence in a teacher, faith in a teacher, faith in a practice, you know, it's these. It's just this very whatever gives rise to faith, you know, confidence, both a sense of this is worthwhile doing, and this is something that's got something good in it, and then a realization: yes, this does. And one feels confident, and that confidence quality begins to suffuse the chitta. Feels steady, less desperate, less. You know, where do I go? What is happening here? Yeah. This then is so essential because it, it, in that holding the jitta, holding awareness, holding one's sensitivity, holding one's, you know, that aspect of our lives <coughs> with a sense of giving it something to turn towards where it can feel uh, not the need to have, get, make, fix, change, become, work out, but just sense of this place of trust. Where is that? And clearly, this is such a, so necessary for our orientation in our lives. What jitta's fundamental search? Now, for sending out this signal to the thinking mind, tell me where it is, where to go, what am I supposed to do? And thinking mind's trying to come up with things in its own domain. You know, plans, strategies, uh, you know, and they don't quite, don't quite fit because they're really, they're made out of smoke. You know, they don't have substance to them. That's all that thinking mind can't generate substance, can't generate the needs. It can label the needs very well, but it can't actually generate the quality of them because the jitta needs itself this may sound strange what what self as a jitta has it means it needs its own presence it needs its awareness these are accessible I mean they're uh, it needs its ability to relate it's needs its, its propensity to feel held, you know. It needs a relationship that will be trustworthy. So these are fairly colloquial expressions, but isn't isn't this the case? Isn't this what we move towards? And when we find that, we feel some sense of comfort, and and you refine it down. 
you begin to sense, well, you know, this goes so far, this goes so far, this goes further. This goes so far, this goes quite a long way, but this goes even further. And so, you know, I mean, my sense is the trajectory will always, sooner or later, we keep following, it will take us back to the most reliable uh, thing we have, we have faith in presence, faith in awakening, faith in awareness, which sounds just as an idea, like, wow, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, you, know, you can't, you can't buy food with with presents. Well, no, you can't. But you know, with but just you know, what what stands with you when when everything else seems void of meaning and uh, uh, and just passing transient. So this is a you know something to see how essential this faith is. It doesn't mean a naive belief, it means a sense of gaining something, some reference point. I'm here, I'm present, and just staying with that. So, and then energy will begin to have a place to go. If we don't have this orientation towards jitta, energy is always running out into the activities of the senses predominantly through thinking mind. If you have access to jitta, if you keep returning to awareness, sensitivity, primary intelligence, you know, put a few names on that, that which sees, that which knows, the energy begins to turn that way and it becomes to be rich and strong. And so then this is... um, that holding it in that is sati, mindfulness. Most people need something a bit more tangible to focus on. And jitta say, okay, well then, really, because jitta is so profoundly aligned to the presence of body, just bring it into that. I mean, not so you can come in... Not just not the material, not the physical body, but the the what I've been talking about. You're probably familiar with this this subtle sense of energy, vitality, body as a sense base in itself that which is sentient, that which is alive, in a body in that sense. Return to that, and place your sati there, your mindfulness there, and you know, energy will gather there. And uh, if you know, and so that the collecting quality is called samadhi. And the, the um, result of it is samadhi. So the general channeling of energy towards this, or opening avenues into this. So that, yeah. And they could be fairly broad. There's, just the sense of bodily presence, breathing in and out, bodily presence, you know, and just keep turning one's attention into that and see what kind of things open and become available. You want to enter into where there's a sense of healthy, comfortable vitality, comfortable bodily presence, wherever that is, in the warmth, 
in the innerness of it, the sense of just tucked away in here, or warmth, or out-breath, relax, ease. It's the quality of a given, rather than a, uh, something we've fabricated. It's a given quality. Because that's what it is. We didn't, you know, make this. It's given by life itself. It's, it's a conditioned thing, body, but body energy is conditioned by life force. Well, that's not Nibbana, but it's, it's certainly not something we personally determined. And it's something that we can rest in. Uh, and it's uh, happy, it's comfortable, or we find that place where that's possible. And if it's that's uh, samadhi principle, you can, of course, alternatively direct your energy towards qualities such as goodwill, you know, which becomes a, a definite uh, sign. that you can linger in, make much of. This is the samadhi principle, touching into where it feels healthy, good, lingering in it, letting energy gather there. And so this can be done in a number of ways. Once you understand the basics of it, what it's about. I think people tend to always imagine samadhi is only when you, you know, you sit still and you focus on a particular point in the body, which would make it rather a a narrow option. But you can cultivate samadhi through through body walking, body reclining, body exercising, you know. It's essentially where you begin to touch into this feeling comfortable, feeling in flow, and then you linger in that and develop that, stay in that. Sati is the bearing it in mind and then samadhi lingering in it. Then the quality of panya becomes more uh, fruitful. Panya is discernment. So we use that whenever we cultivate uh, differentiating, making the choices between what's uh, virtuous or skillful and what's unskillful. What what behaviors to follow or not not to be followed. So we have this faculty and you cultivate that so that... uh, It can lead to insight. Vipassana. But before it does, uh, we use panya, particularly in line with discerning where what is skillful to focus on. Where can we place our energy? Where can we place our faith? Where can we place our energy? Uh, settle energy into, settle attention into. And then as we're settling in, 
you know, being discerning about the nature of the of energy as it collects. As the process of, of samadhi, or this uh, as a process, is a you know it's it's a it's a territory. Once you enter into uh, this uh, energetic presence, it's a whole domain of energies. And the sense of having to hold these carefully so you don't overcook, overheat, or get unbalanced. So a lot of practice and skill is required around how to, to moderate, how to cool energy, how to diffuse it if it gets too tight or, or, or imbalanced, how to spread it through the body, how to even it out. How to calm, soothe, rather than amplify. Mm. How to brighten it when it's need, needed, and how to cool it when it's too, too, uh, when you can't contain it. Mm. And this is the skill of kaya sankara, and the skill of pasambayam, soothing, soothing the body energy, and soothing the citta sankara, soothing the mental activations as the mind gets stimulated. And it seems by and large that as you're practicing the the, the material that you're practicing with starts to change. You know, what might have been a simple thought of well, you know, you sit down, hold your back up, focus on breathing and out, well that's not much in that, is there? <laughs> Till you start doing it and then the cosmos begins to open up. And uh, the energies and the moods and the dispositions and the latent tendencies and the hindrances and the uh, kind of qualities amplify as you enter into this domain of uh, this avenue in to the cosmos, which we are, you know, which is the, you know, which we are, we are. So handling and distilling and calming that, steadying that. We have, if you like, stuff, and then we have tools, and then we have how-tos, don't we? Stuff, (laughs) and we have tools, and then we have how to use them. So it's just three but stuff, of course, can be pretty uh, fascinating, overwhelming, obscure, uh, deeply poignant, uh, uh, obsessive, luminous, seductive, fascinating. So how to um, tools? And so, uh, uh, discernment, clarity, focus, mm, and how to moderating one's intention, when to step back, when to quieten, when to shift focus to something else. 
So, you know, how to navigate through the realms that, that open. So we've got, and there's always, this is the fundamental theme, you don't go into things until you can stay out of them. So you don't just let yourself get absorbed into material that come, that arises, because if it, if it arises, uh, and it has an energy to it, and it pulls the chitta in pulls the jitter into its energetic field and then there's generally an overwhelm experience and uh, it can be quite pleasant at times but it really goes nowhere and it can be extremely unpleasant when the overwhelm is of overwhelming um, painful emotion or difficult disorientation experiences or difficult memories or discordant energies extremely painful and um, uncomfortable and and deluding it's you know we get obsessed fixated uh, uh, and then if you can't step out then the quality of the magnification occurs as your attention gets more and more mesmerized by things it gets attention gets mesmerized and the amplification effect just builds up and builds up and builds up. So there are a lot of difficult perils. Um, people blow fuses doing this kind of stuff, particularly if, if they have a firm intention to make more of it. You know, this is, this is the way to go. Uh, so uh, meditation particularly the forest teachers were often a lot of, lot of careful attention to making sure people didn't blow out into some even blissful realm, let alone deluded realms where they're starting to see visions and imagine things and get flashing lights and this, that, or, you know, you know, you step out, get out. So you can get some detachment, some dispassion some discernment around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's of, samadhi is beneficial in that it, if we handle it carefully, it can have a, a cleansing effect. If you get sama samadhi, correct, right, balanced, proper, appropriate, completed, completed in its, it has the factor of virtue in it, as the factor of happiness, it has the factor of ease in it, then it has a cleansing effect. So one has to be fairly discerning about what the mind collects, what it picks up, what it absorbs into. And in the suttas it says, you know, there are many kinds of absorption. Absorption into confusion. And no matter how much one fixates and absorbs into that, one never gets any wiser. So this discernment, how do we how do we manage that, you know, stepping out? Well, because you can move from the thought realm to the bodily realm. And you can move from the energetic body to the physicality. You can just feel your feet on the ground. You can plonk along, nothing subtle. Because for wisdom, the point is it doesn't have to be based upon anything that's subtle, as long as it's based, as long as it's correctly oriented, as long as it's reliable. 
because it's just you just use these positions like a you know, sense of the upright spine or the feet as purely as a, a, a mooring post in which you can scan around just to keep you out of going into stuff. And then you've got that, that's what sati does, it provides that anchorage. And then we can, from there, we've got our firm place and then we, you can discern more clearly. This one, no, it's not, that doesn't feel so good. This one feels really, you know, has a vortex in it. Yeah. This one is just smoke. This one is just f- fireworks. This one is painful obsession. This one is righteousness. This one is, you know, fixation of some kind or another. And then they, what? Because in our practice, all these um, uh, latent tendencies and past karma histories start to also speak. And um, we can very well imagine that by giving them attention, by thinking through clearly, we will gain understanding. And they they catch you like that. And if you can stay out of them, then you probably have enough strength to go in. If you can't, you don't. You don't have enough strength to handle them. It's like, you know, if you get on the horse, if you're just being dragged along with one foot in the stirrup, that's not called riding a horse. (laughs) Technically, you are connected to it, but... So it's only when one of the the indriya have the have the they're, they're all five are there. You're, you're having you you do feel confidence, and you do have some the panya. You have some say. Well, no, this is I can choose. I can select, and I discern. And this is where these indriya become authorities, which is what the root meaning of the word is. Indra, the leader, the authority. One gains authority. And through cultivating these, these become what are called bala, which is the same five, but they become rock solid, strong, they become strengths. So indriya mature into bala. They said these five indriya have uh, deathlessness as their fruit. They ripen in the deathless. They're consummated in the deathless. Which is the mm, panya, mm, being able to get some perspective on the subtle, the gross, the ridiculous, the terribly hurtful, the compulsive. Mm. And remember, you not you don't get discernment until until you have a refuge place that you can stand on, hold on, feel comfortable with, feel settled in, in order to stand your ground and then you then these uh, difficulties can unravel if you don't have that place they don't unravel you unravel <laughs> it jitter gets scrambled and uh, then it's of this is of no value this is obsession not meditation
And most of us probably find those, those are the things that regrettably happen. You know, we get overwhelmed, flooded with things, and just, and then the faith goes down, confidence, and so on, you just crash. Uh, and so this is where we, you know, so helpful when you establish resolutions and fields of support, of friendships, of, uh, you know, refuges, of what I've called these four orientations, just being in your body, being with nature, being with the virtues and values, and being with noble friends. And then, you, the, then, you know, you've got something to support, and that you generate that web and you you know you bring those to mind and you pay respects to them and you you honor them you know they become strong this is very much forest training mm. so that when you you know and then you, your mind wants to you know, get no you can't you're in this the mind wriggles and no no here Till we find that that ground. Because of course the orientations are not the ground, you know, it's not that your refuge is in other people or in ideas, but they can steer you to this where the jitta feels its own sensitivity, its own awareness, its own sense of presence. We come out of the floods. Now, I don't, personally, I don't think this kind of uh, quality is possible without samadhi. You know, but it's not through, it's not, through, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not it's not samadhi either. And samadhi acts as the place where we, you know, where we have a way of shifting our energies from outgoing sensory activities into just this composing and clarifying the citta. When the Buddha in his last days went round all the various viharas and way places in his last days and he spent I think three months or so doing go because he knew he was dying. Everywhere he went he said, This is it, Sila Samadhi Panya. This is Sila, this is Samadhi, this is Panya and then he, Okay. He went to another place. Look, this is it. This is Sila <laughs> So it's like this is the la- this is my last message to you. I'm going around the whole of the whole of the area, just to to stamp these impressions on, and so this is this is by your inheritance. And when he was saying samadhi, he meant the whole field of restraining, cultivating, hmm? turning away from the outgoing to the collecting. So this isn't just some, you know, meditation technique in itself, but uh, but everything that that leads to that, the more broader sense of that, of that. so that one is saying it's the, the sense of the interior quality, you could say, of, of the mind, not the exterior quality of it. Exterior quality is always going out. Exterior quality of the mind is thoughts about, thoughts about, thoughts about this, thoughts about that, thoughts about this, thoughts about that, it's about. And it's always going out into the about, isn't it? Interior quality is presence, feeling, sensing. 
being touched, being affected, being knowing. It's the interior quality. This is the collecting. Yeah? And unfortunately, although, you know, it's when you, as it, when you cultivate this, you can come into quite specific qualities of samadhi, like, you know, jhanas and how you enter it, what your meditation technique is or system is. This is all good stuff, all great. But remember, you know, there are, there are different avenues towards this and to not lose sight of the, of the broad principle so that it's something we, we understand as very much a, a daily life reference. Where's your center? Come into center. It's not about anything. It's presence here. Gathering that. Use objects, themes that will help to stabilize you in that. What that is, you know, it's chanting. People do that. Because the sounding and the the putting energy into that gathers a certain body, a sound body, a resonance body, which carries meaning. People do that. Mantras use that. Um, Body work. And of course, meditation. And you, so you generate, and then the, and because of that, because the energy is, is collected, it's not running out, you recognize in your experience there's also this capacity to just be discerning, which is neither in the experience nor exactly separate from it. It's a certain perspective on experience which becomes apparent as this conglomerate of activations settles. And your intentionality can just be to lift and survey. This is the herald of liberation, the fact that a jitta can lift from experience and survey it on looking. So the refrains are the terms of vipassana, Anupasi, to be witnessing, standing next to, witnessing in the presence of, Mm. standing next to your mind, looking into it, standing next to your heart, feeling it, being aware of the feeling of it, Mm. being not in something but with it. And just recognizing when's the point in which you find yourself suddenly swept up in it. And you, oops, now's the time to go to a reference point that helps to pull you out of that. You know, however it is, if it's a coarse thing like just walking up and down, or it's a subtle thing like a mantra or a sound or a nimitta that helps to pull you out of the difficult stuff. This is just straight jungle work, you know, it's, it's, it's field work, it's navigation. So that one could stand in the presence of, we stand in the presence of that which is fortunate and beautiful and we feel a sense of gratitude 
and repose, collectedness, ease. Because it helps one's intentions to relax. A sense of doing and always being the one who has to make things happen. That intention can stop. Stand in the presence of that which is difficult. Because standing in the presence of that which is difficult helps to defang it. What tends to happen with the difficult is as it as we as it sweeps over us, we get into a lot of reactivity around that. Or blaming, uh, criticizing, uh, feeling unhappy, des- getting desperate, uh, trying to shut it out. Uh, wonder why I'm like this, uh, how long it's going to go on for, or we believe in its stories and start proliferating around it. This is what happens when the difficult stuff sweeps over. Isn't that the case? This cascading effect, flooding effect. To stand in the presence of the so it has a lot of, it takes, it sucks energy out. We stand in the presence of it, we don't give it any energy. We don't wrangle with it, we don't explain it, we don't justify it, we don't blame it, we don't blame ourselves for having it, we don't wonder where it came from, how long it's going to be, we don't believe in the story, we're standing in the presence of it, and this energy, it doesn't get more any more energy, and it starts to fade. Because it's only this unconscious, you know, giving energy to it that keeps it fed, alive and well. Stand back, you withdraw your energy from it. You don't, just to find that place where you can do that. The, uh, the, the, The tip of this is you don't have to be that smart wisdom can be such a complex thing which really just knowing the place where you can stand without getting involved it doesn't mean you understand things in in, in an analytical way that may happen or it may not most of the important thing is to know where your refuge is be able to find your place where you can stand be with without getting fixated and this is then this causes the energy of that formation to settle viraga fading cooling dispassion this is the process of of insight And if you're very skillful, you can sometimes in experience you can see the particular trigger that 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 are, uh, is generating one's um, mental stuff. In the presence of that, there's the trigger. Don't go into it. Stand back from it. See it as a thing in its own right, as a entity like an energy form there's that triggering that contact impression where is it in the body what does it feel like stand back from it it's got power and in most buddhist 
traditional Buddhist cultures, these are all configured as, you know, various kinds of demons. And, and that's not, not a bad way of looking at it without getting too scared. Because then you say, you know, you know, this is not self. These, these are forces that, that sweep in and they've got power. And, you know, you, 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 what you do, you don't wrangle with them. You don't buy into them, you stand your ground and they begin to settle, calm down. So this place, this refuge place, this uh, ability to, the mind's ability to step back out of, out of, existence out of the realm of becoming is really uh, phenomenal. When you're stepping back from unpleasant moods and emotions it doesn't seem like it's that great because you're looking at some pretty messy stuff. But there's there's part of the test. Can you see this this is you know violence or anger or Jealousy, uh, hatred, uh, nasty squabbling mind, and a step back. That's that. Mm. The forces of it, visualize it, the colorings of it, the heat of it, where it runs in your body. So you use it, the more that you can objectify these qualities, the less they have the power to become yourself. If you don't objectify them, they become you. If you don't say what, if you don't speak them, you become them. And speaking them is just that's that, that's that, that's that. And being able to name things, and either literally with words or at least with some discernment, is one of the skills of wisdom. But wisdom, this process is is taxing. It takes a lot to 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 stand back to find one's ground. So there's always this sense of, okay, you know, these these particular retreat situations are very intense um, scenarios. Very very is the setup, silence, removal from familiarity. You know, not much place to run out to. Well, these are just themselves. They are very testing. And so plenty of stuff comes up. So there was to be the sense of like, you know, food for the journey. Where do you find your comfort zones, your places where you can, you know, just relax. Sometimes practice is just about sitting in a, in a warm chair looking out the window. And, and uh, keeping your eyes open, looking out the window at the snow, and letting letting the stuff whirl past. That that that's you know you're st- you're still doing the same. You're still you know stepping back. So it's like that, isn't it? And this sense of uh, your attention doesn't have to always be riveted onto. You can be a very you know some some fo- some forms of attention are really quite 
we see things much better, we're able to find that sense of detachment in a softer, more spacious way than if we're right up close. And these are things you have to find out, you know, experiment for yourself. But I, what I'm trying to suggest is there's a lot of room for flexibility in this cultivation. Once you begin to sense citta, you know, your primary awareness, primary responsive sensitivity, and then what guards it, what keeps it alive, what gives it faith and confidence, and then you know, you've got orientations, and you just start to riff you know, on these permutations of you know, what we can sit, stand, walk, think, recollect, chant, breathe, you know, so that uh, we're handle, we're taking a time, a precious time, a precious opportunity, a precious occasion to give ourselves the full blessing and opportunity and permission to find our way to the place of discernment, to the place of citta, to the true heart, and give it our support.